And welcome to another edition of On The Board Sports. My name is Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Joined by my main man, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. Will, how are you doing, sir? Uh, doing all right. Trying to de-thaw, I guess. You know, trying to thaw off the uh, cold weather <laughs> from working at LaGuardia Airport. But, de-thaw. you know, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Defrost, Will. Defrost. <laughs> trying to thaw out. Thaw out. Thaw out. <laughs> Thaw I don't think out. I've ever heard that de-thaw, but that's funny. <laughs> it's a willism now. Will, hey, hey, yes, yes. You know. That's right. That's right. Well, I am trying to get over a cold. Will held it down in studio last show. Um, I was out and about had to do it over the phone, but glad to be back in the studio. Gotham Podcast Studios. Joined by the one, the only, Mr. Matt Peters. And hello, Mr. Brian, sports fan. Brian is in the studio today with us as well. Will, what's going on, man? Nah, not much, man. You know, just trying to enjoy some life right now. And, uh, you know, just a lot of sporting events going on in the world. But uh, we're here. And we're here to talk about it. Speaking of uh, enjoying life, Will, last night I was enjoying a uh, what I thought was going to be a uh, nice little easy 4-1 in Islanders win, playing the worst team in the you know what I'm saying? Well, not the worst team in the Holy, but the worst team in the in Eastwell. And, well, I went to get some food. I came back, and it was 4-2. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, it was 4-4 by the time I blinked. I was like, what the hell? But, well, they did end up winning it 5-4 in the uh, shootout. Well, well, obviously, Will, I know you were in the house. Will, what, were your, what is your takeaway from the game? Will? Well, first and foremost, that game should never have went to – the shootout mm-hmm. she never went to the shootout number one but you know that's what happens when you play up to the level of competition you don't put away teams like ottawa right. because they came back and they wound up tying the game 4-4 and right. with i think a little what with like 10 minutes to go in the game so, yeah so it's just crazy how this team has its ups and downs and you look at all the saber sabermetric people that cover the sport and everything like that and they basically say that this team is due for something. Rightfully so, they've been due for a while. But at that same point in time, too, this team's actually pretty good. Barry Trotz is here for a reason, and he's basically willed this team the first place for a reason in the Metropolitan Division. And they're tied currently with 83 points after winning the game yesterday. But Nassau Coliseum on a Tuesday, eh, it's like 10,000 people there, you know. The energy, eh, you know, for it being a weekday game, but again, some team that isn't that that good, so. right? But ultimately, the uh, the Islanders should be really fortunate that they didn't lose in overtime because they they were they had their opportunities, it was close, yeah. yeah. And I was watching the highlights from the game last night, and I'm hearing Brendan Burke that should have went in, that should have went in, that should be a goal, and then Butch is like it went off the post. <laughs> it went off the post, Brendan. You know, so Butch Gorey, man. Yeah, he's he's a he's a legend himself right yep. now. But uh but yeah, you know, it's uh it's crazy. And Barry Trotz too, he also recorded his eight hundred coaching career uh victory yesterday. So what more can you say about that? Another thing that really worries me too here is the fact that Robin Leonard yes. wound up getting mm-hmm. concussed yeah. uh, by uh Brady Kachuk. Mm-hmm. So should that have been a goal? 
A lot of fans in the building were really booing that. At first, the referees were like, yes, it's a goal. Then they all huddled, huddled up together, and they're like, no. And then Ottawa challenges the the ruling, and then it winds, winds up being a goal, and everybody starts going berserk mad. Right. You know, so the building itself wasn't a, wasn't all too happy, but hey, you know what? It is what it is. Well, well, it's good that, uh, you know, that it's good when you're, when the second string, uh, Goldie Will is just as good as the guy that, you know, is uh, first string. So, you know. The power of Christ compels you. The right. power of Christ compels you. So Thomas Grice is going to have to you know, um, hold on the fort, starting against this same Ottawa team as they play tomorrow night. But, Will, after that, Will, the next three games after that, Pretty, pretty tough. I'm not sure if this is the correct uh, in order, but I know it's Philly, Columbus, and Montreal mm-hmm. the next three games after that. Well, so, well, you know, the game tomorrow is a must-win game because, well, they're, because the because the three games af- after that well, are against teams that are in the thick of the uh, playoff race, Well, Oh, yeah. You know, Montreal, like you said, Sean, they were a tough go at the beginning of the year going up in Brooklyn and... The Islanders were up 3-1, and Max Domi's been having himself a really, really great year with the Canadians after getting traded to, uh, actually from Arizona. And, uh, you know, Columbus with the fire sale of draft picks that they mortgaged away their future for to essentially go for a playoff run for this year. And a lot of risk is involved in that, obviously, but they're still in the thick of things. So trying to get guys like Matt Duchesne in there and, they uh they know they know that their time is literally right there. And then, you know, after the uh after this game tonight, like you said, they play the Flyers again at home. A weird schedule making uh process here by by the uh NHL schedule makers to actually have Philly play on Sunday against the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum and then play them again on Saturday at the Coliseum. It Twice just the same week. Yeah, it doesn't... I don't think I've ever seen that before. Usually you do a home and away, you know, but uh, but to do it like that, I don't know. You and, know? And, we'll, and it's not only that, Will. Think about it from this standpoint, Will. In a week's worth, Will, they would have played four games, and they would have played two teams twice. Right. Because they played in Ottawa last night, Played them tomorrow night. They played Philly Sunday afternoon. They played them Saturday night. Well, so it's almost like, you know, like <laughs> like the schedule guys. This they didn't think this uh, this week through. And also too, it's Bill Tory night on Saturday. Right. right. So they're going to be uh, remembering the architect mm-hmm. of the Islanders dynasty, the bow tie wearing man that he was most uh, notably known for. Yep. But. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to say the very least. But, uh, you know, just to give you some stats right now, uh, the Isles are 8-4-2 and two on Coliseum Ice this year, and they're averaging 97% uh, capacity on the island, including nine sellouts. This is the, uh, the second most points through 66 games in the post-Cup era, with 87 from the 2014-2015 season. They have 83 right now. And... Most points through 32 road games. The Islanders have 39. Second on that list. First is 41 from 1976-1977 season. And the most points through 34 home games post-Cup era. They are, I guess you would say, tied for second 
with 44 throughout their history. And their fewest goals allowed through 65 games, including, looks like shutouts, Mm -hmm. it says here, 161. So it's a lot. It's a lot, you know? Well, I have a question for you, Will. Shootouts, uh, excuse me, shootouts. Got it. To get away from the recent games, Will. And I want to go back to last week. Tavares came back, and we know what took place, the booing and the smattering of trance, yada, yada, yada. But they won the game six, uh, 6-1. Mm-hmm. Something that I forgot to meant to ask you on Saturday that I want to ask you now, Will, is um, after the game, I was listening to uh, the fan, and uh, a, and a guy called him with a question. And it's a very interesting question, Will. I want to ask you, Will, do you think, Will, if... John Tavares would have stayed. Do you think Barry Trotz is still the coach? And I don't think so. First off, to answer your question, he was going to be the coach throughout that time. We, Lou Amarillo got hired. Right. Then it was Barry Trotz who got signed in June Mm -hmm. after the Stanley Cup and everything like that, after they won it. And then... All John had to do was just resign. And then the rest is history, you know? Mm. But he didn't. Who knows what would have happened? And who knows if this Islanders team would be in first place right now? Who knows if a certain certain former captain <laughs> would actually buy in to Barry's system? I'm sure he would have. But Well, the point that the corner made was he feel part of Trotz taking the job was Trotz, Trotz kind of, he built Washington to a team that won. He took it, he, he took them from the trash and made them the treasure of the whole league. And a lot of people thought that's what attracted him to this job. Now, it was one of the few, maybe the only op- opening job that was left at that time. But, well, I, I see what the guy is trying to say. If you have a superstar on that team, well, exactly what you just said, it's not a guarantee that the superstar is going to buy into what the Stanley Cup winning coach, you know, yeah. is going to put onto him and onto that team. But if you take a team that has no superstars, has one, maybe two up-and-coming guys, you can put your prince, your your scheme on that team I think that intrigued Trotz more than anything else. And, Will, the end result is, I think, what the card was trying to say. Will, if you look at it, Will, the Islanders, in terms of their play, and I saw the stats too, the Islanders stats-wise, Will, they're having a very similar season to Washington last year. Not in terms of, you know what I'm saying, wins and points, yada, 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 but just in terms of, like, Goals this against. like goes against and this ratio and that ratio. Right. So the trots effect is definitely there. Right. And you know what? To you, the only reason outside of money, why Barry Trotz is a New York Islander and why he's the, he's the coach of this team, was because of Lou Amarillo. Correct. Let's right. let's let's just put that to That's bed right now. That's a big one. Right. You know. Right. How many times you get to work with a Hall of Fame uh, general manager? You right. know. So there's that. And then, you know, you look at the team right now that's in place. They have guys that have, that are in their prime on the 
back into the last year, their their deals, Brock Nelson, Jordan Everly, uh, Andrews Lee, and they have young kids coming up. Mm-hmm. Guys like Matt Barzell, who's mm-hmm. a superstar already, but he's still up and coming. Mm-hmm. Anthony Beauvillier, one of the faster skaters in the league. Mm-hmm. He, you know, everybody wants, doesn't like him. I, I, I don't understand why. He's got a really cool personality, and he's, you know, I he's just cool to be around, mm-hmm. it seems like, you mm-hmm. know. And then you have young Michael Dalcole, who everybody wanted to get rid of. Now, after yesterday, he should stay for the foreseeable future. Hopefully. And then, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Hosang. We don't know what's going to happen with with the rest of this team. Casey Zizekas is having himself a really nice year so far, you know, putting in all these goals and everything like that, even Val Philpola. But, again, it remains to be seen, you know, what this team is capable of. But we do know this. They're tied for first, and they're having one of the more improbable years in franchise history. The homestand didn't go as planned. I'm sure they would have maybe wanted to go three and two instead of uh, two and three. But listen, I feel like, well, if they would have went one and four, I feel like the one win that they did want was last week, Thursday, against uh, Mr. The guy that, um, if I say his name, Will is gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna flip. strangle me. So. I'm not gonna flip. I'm not gonna strangle you. Don't worry, you can so, say his name. No, no, no. I'm not a bro, but Will. So, um, Will. So moving forward till these next three games, Will, that they have, Will, like you said, playoff contending teams. Philly, obviously, Will. That was in it, and that's well. I could honestly say in the games I've watched, that was probably the worst game I've seen them play all year. Uh, Sunday uh, after they had no energy. That was a real bad. Game. They had no energy. They, the fans, everybody thought that this team was going to go in there and dominate because they played on the Coliseum ice, and they wound up getting their asses handed to them. They got correct. You That's know, the perfect way to put it. They got their asses <laughs> handed to them, and Philadelphia pinched and they played the forecheck really well, but uh, you know, they they just couldn't they couldn't contain that offensive pressure. Every time they got the puck, Philly was on them. Every time that they'd get into the zone, it would be one pass, shot to the goal, and then Philadelphia would go down to the other end and and hold hold their own down there in the offensive uh, zone. But, you know, regardless of all that stuff, Philadelphia's in the middle of the playoff race right now. They're only, what, four points, five points out? I think, I think, I think five. Right, so... Columbus is right there too. Pittsburgh, they don't and have Columbus to play. Columbus made those moves. So. Yeah, and they gave, like I said, they gave up all their first, all their draft capital. <laughs> so it's just a lot. You don't know what's going to happen with Columbus in the future. And then going up against a team like Montreal, we don't know what's going to happen. But these next three games, and especially coming up, they're going to be going on the road St. Patrick's Day weekend. Uh-huh. They're going to be playing Detroit on yes. Saturday at one o'clock mm-hmm. at at the uh, New Little Caesars Arena, mm-hmm. and then. They go up against Minnesota on St. Patrick's Day at six o'clock. So that's a big turnaround right there. Right. So a wild team that they did beat, but that was a much much closer game. Yes. Um, that was the same weekend that they that uh, that uh, the uh, we went to the game. Yeah, right. the right. overtime win against Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Right. Yeah. Right. So. But uh, that's coming really really fast. So you know we'll see what happens. You know right. with the Islanders, but uh, there's a lot remains to be seen. And also too, just one more stat. For you here, the Islanders have allowed the most goals in NHL last season. Only once in NHL history has a team allowed the most goals in one season and the fewest in the next. 
that would be the Ottawa Senators, and they did so in 1917-18 and then in 1918-19. And this is crazy, you know what I mean? It, it really is. Leonard and Grace, two, yeah. the, the two guys that Leonard had his, you know, he had his off-the-ice yep. problems, which we all knew. Grice was kind of a, you know, is he a number one, is he a number two? And both of them have played like a number one guy. So, But listen, with... You know, Grice is the only healthy, uh, healthy one now. So, in Grice, we trust for the foreseeable uh, next, uh, you know, week or two. It's crazy. So, you know, they just got to go in there and just, just hold their own, and they can't let the other team score first because when they do that, they uh, they're fifteen three and two when allowing the opening goal, and when the Isles score first, they're twenty three eight and five. So, big, a uh, lot of. A lot of stats I just threw in there, yes. but uh, this, numbers, yeah, and crunching. <laughs> yep, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams right there that are in the middle of it. And like like I said, if you if we compare apples to oranges record wise, this team, like I said, last season they had 80 points, they were under 500, and now they have 83. As literally, they're about what maybe 10, almost 15 games away. Before the end of the season hits, they could reach a hundred points. They can. They can. They can. <laughs> they can reach hundred points. So they've surpassed last year's total, right? And they're literally right there, right? With the uh, playoff race thickening. So, right. See what happens. Right. So, so moving on now to basketball, and Sean, I know you're you're a huge Nets fan. Yes, sir. And there's a lot of things going on with this Nets team right now. Detroit, so far, looks like they claim that number six spot right now right and believe the the nets they were on a little bit of a losing streak if i if i could say so right now you know yeah they they came back from the break kind of cold right um the portland loss um you know so the Charlotte loss the washington loss the heat right saturday night that was a that was not a you know pretty pretty three game slide but i think the perfect the thing the perfect thing happened for us well um Mavericks, they came in here um, um, Monday night, and we were, you know, enabled to really, really um, beat them up pretty, pretty good. Um, well, it was, it's kind of crazy. Like, I think in the fourth quarter, we were up by like 30 something, and all the crowd wanted was for Dirk to like just score. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and he scored twice, so that was cool. But, um, well, speaking of you no know, games coming up, you know, well, we have a stretch where we have. Tonight we have uh, Cleveland. That's a must win. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's one of the worst teams. We have the Hawks Saturday night. Must win. Next week we have Washington again. Got to get that win. Then we have the Pistons. The Pistons passed us, so now they're number six and we're number seven. And then, well, after that, well, we go on the – you see how San Antonio has the whole um, uh, rodeo trip? Yeah. The Nets now have what's called the circus trip because the circus comes into town now every uh, March. Well, it used to be February, but now it's March. And we'll seven games. And we'll all seven of these teams will are like, well, we have to play the Clippers who are in the, you know what I'm saying, uh, a playoff race. We have to play your Los Angeles uh, Lakers, well, they who, suck. Who aren't in the race? What they you know? Suck. They have their own little they issues and problems. The Kings, well, who as you picked, well, the surprise team of the West, right? So they're playing well. 
in OKC, well, we have to go and play them. So well, and and then I believe uh, Utah is there as well. So well, I mean, that stretch I think is going to determine the season for us. Well, mm-hmm. going, you know, the the rest of the two games this week, the three games next week, and then that seven game trip. So well, you so well between now and I think that trip ends March thirtieth. Well, by March thirty first, <laughs> I think we're going to have a pretty good outlook of of are they still in the hunt? Did they rise? Did they fade? But um, I'm getting a little nervous, well, because two three weeks ago my Nets were doing great, and Islanders were doing great. Now the Islanders are tied for first, and the Nets dropped one a playoff or spot. So. I'm confident, but I'm getting a, a little bit uh, nervous. And you talk about the Islanders, too. Only six points, I think, right now separates them from being out of the playoff picture. Right. So that whole Eastern Conference uh, playoff picture is really, really getting tight. And then you look at it from the Nets' perspective right now. They come out of the All-Star break. How about Joe Harris? Nobody's talking about him. Three-point champion, Joe Three-point champion. Guys being a, is being a big, big deal and. You know, see what happens, you know. So there's just a lot of things going on. And just, uh, just yeah, with the Nets right now, they got a lot of uh, young core pieces. D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert's coming back in. You know, it's really awesome to say the very least. All right. So, well, we have a special guest here, Brian. Brian is a part of uh, Gotham Podcast uh, Studios. And Brian is a big, big, big a basketball fan, correct? Yeah, I enjoy basketball. It's probably what I follow the most. You have a favorite team? Uh, the Knicks. But, uh, you know, with the Porzingis deal going through, we're kind of just waiting for the offseason, seeing if we get uh secure somebody on the max. You know, right. Durant, Irving. You know, we'll see. What did you think of that of that trade? Because Will was not a fan. Not, Will, a, not a fan. Will had an epic rant. You trade the next Dirk Nowitzki for cap space. Will, I will never forget that line, bro. I would never forget that. I'll line. put that on as, as an Instagram <laughs> quotation when they when they actually don't sign. For if they don't space. sign, it, you, you, they they do it. This this I don't get how basketball GMs work. Right. I I don't I don't. I, Go ahead. I mean I don't think it's just cap space here. I think uh, Porzingis wasn't meshing. He wasn't looking happy towards the end. He he wants to link up at Denver. You know I think it's a uh, Dallas. Uh, Dallas. Apologies. Apologies with uh, Doncic. Uh, Doncic. Doncic. Yes, with Doncic and. Cap space, but look at the draft. <laughs> we've got Williamson. We've got uh, Murray, uh, the guy from Murray State. Uh, mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett. Uh, R.J. Barrett. We've, I mean, selection. So there's some space, and obviously the uh, rookie minimum. So it's not like they're wasting the max. Uh, the max right. the good chance at the lottery. You know, I think the Knicks are looking good for the draft. And then uh, New York's the basketball mecca. I know the front office is a mess. It's a total mess. But uh, if the Celtics, the Celtics had a great performance last night. But they, if they continue they. to stumble. Um, five losses in the last seven games. I think Irving might be interested. I think Durant might be interested. I mean, these are players, Irving especially, mm-hmm. you know, looking for his own team. He thought he'd find it in the Celtics, and maybe things aren't meshing exactly how he uh, thought they would be. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with Boston right now. You know, this is a team that has the perfect mix, I feel like, of veteran leadership with Al Horford. He won a couple of national championships in college. He brings that up. Sean's a Gators fan. You're a Gator. I went to Florida State. Oh, no, bro. I apologize. No, we have beef. Oh, boy. (laughs) Florida Florida State do not get along. 
We do not like that team from the north. No, 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 no. It's okay. You guys are co- corresponding well right now. So that's what I like the most. Are you, are you from Florida? <laughs> no, but I have a, um, a family that went there. So I mean, I went to college there. So you got to cut me some slack, you know? Yeah, yeah we'll that's true. Little... Most definitely we will. Bro. You know? <laughs> we will. But with, uh, with regards to Al Horford, man, you know, guy was a playoff mainstay with the Hawks, and he winds up signing with the Boston Celtics, and you know, he's doing his thing up there. He's still playing. Can't right. believe that, you know. Right. Um, Kyrie Irving, they traded for Kyrie Irving. Uh, Danny Ainge winds up giving up uh, a lot of... Uh, I'd say it's uh, on yeah, picks, yeah. Yeah, you know, but hey, it is what it is there. And they wind up getting Jason Tatum over the course of a couple of years. Marcus Smart. You know, there's, there's, a good, there's a good role there. But nobody's talking about, you know... Why Brad's nobody's putting talking about Brad Stevens here, you know? Well, I, I don't understand. Ainge came out and said that Brad Stevens is not to blame, right? That those guys have to uh, figure it out. Well, I think the whole Gordon Hayward trying to get him back into the fold of things, well, I think, well, I mean, because they played the whole year last year without him, and then towards the end of the year, and everything gets hurt, and then he misses the whole. A playoff run, but will they just play better when those two guys are not there? I mean, it's just as simple as that. Now, now, I'm not saying saying you know you have to get rid of them both, but will it's clear when Kyrie and Gordon do not play, Terry Rozier game goes all the way up, Jason Tatum game goes all the way up, Jalen Brown's game goes all the way up. So to me, will and to me, Brian, if Kyrie Irving goes to the Knicks. I don't think the Celtics players are going to cry. Like, I feel like a small part of me wants them, wants him to go. I think it's tough. I think Jason Tatum in the next couple of years is going to evolve into the next superstar. I think he's going to get a max deal in a couple of years. He might leave teams. That's a worry. But Gordon Hayward looked amazing last night. He 30 did. off the bench. Off the bench, they killed Golden State. Well, it was the I'm worst. Sure saw it, it was the worst home loss in Steve Kerr's career Golden with the Golden State, State Warriors. Ass beat last night. <laughs> Amazing, that Amazing. was ridiculous. Yeah, you know, so, and, and an epic block by uh, Jason Tatum oh, too. Oh, so oh, so oh, did you, oh, did you see the block? I saw the f- for like a couple of seconds. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted uh, Brian, um, about um, Brian, uh, before I get to you, Will, I mean, sorry, Brian, Will. I have to and ask you, Will. The Boston is, you know, they have their own issues, Will. Will, what is going on in the city of an Angels, Will? What is going on with your team? Brian, Will is uh, I'm a Laker fan, Laker fan I'm through a and through. <laughs> he did not like the LeBron James move. And, Will, I'm starting to see why. <laughs> I'm starting to the guy, see why. The guy is he did not like I, it. I said it July, in July, and I'm going to say it now. The guy is, he doesn't care about the Lakers. He doesn't care about what's going on with this young core of talent. Came back in Cleveland in 2014. They had a young core there. What happened? They traded that young core away for Kevin Love. How did it work out? They wound up coming back from a uh, a 3-1 deficit against Golden State, and they, they won the NBA Finals in 2016, you know? But with that being said, there's no Kevin Love out there out on the market. Nope. There's not. Anthony Davis is probably better than Kevin Love, but it's all about individuals and how you fit on the team. Right. Okay? 
that Cleveland Cavalier team was the example of a team and how they meshed together. The Miami Heat team, those were just three superstars that meshed very well and Correct. had <laughs> minimum minimum uh salary guys coming and together. And role players, yeah. And role players, you know. James Posey and the, the, the Teddy House, yada yada yada. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so there's there's that. But this Laker team, this is really the first time in LeBron James's career having young talent, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, you know, uh who Brandon else Ingram. am I missing? Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart, Josh Hart, a lot of guys, you know, that are. Zubox should have never been traded. Tra- tra- I, tra- I said this. I said this. <laughs> Magic, what are you thinking? Right. <laughs> but whatever. And Rob Polinka, but yeah, that's besides the point. This guy's actually being looked at as as the face of a franchise right now. You know, he doesn't have the quality veteran role players. Javale is Javale. Let's be honest. <laughs> Tyson Chandler is a shell of himself. Correct. Okay. Who am I missing anybody? Mike Muscala? That's eh. and that's what they got for uh right. Tupac. Right. Really? Right. You know, Contavious uh, Colo Stevenson, Bullock. he's a clown. Reggie I mean, Bullock. Yeah. Reggie Bullock in that yeah. trade, yeah. right? You know, these aren't guys that LeBron LeBron is actually let's face it, he's gotta be a leader now. You know what I mean? He Rondo the was the best out of that core, but then he got hurt. Yeah. You know, so and to look at it too, this team was actually doing good with LeBron in there, you know, at the beginning of the year. They were top four. They were right. legit top four. And then LeBron falls off. What happens? The, the kids team falls off. the team falls off. But it was expected, in my mind anyway. So what do you what do you think? I think this when he gets to Los Angeles, his, his mind's not immediately on basketball. LeBron is running; he's got a movie studio at Warner. He's got an office there. Uh, he just executive produced Two Chains' new album. The guy's busy. Right. He's doing things in Los Angeles that weren't just basketball. Not to say LeBron is a winner; he likes to win. Mm-hmm. He's not going to take losing lightly. I think not to say he he never was. He was always trying, but after the groin injury, he comes back. And things aren't meshing with the young players. Right. It's like step up time. It's too late. It's too late at this point. You have the Clippers. The Sacramento Kings are hungry, as you guys mentioned earlier. Right. These teams in the six, seven, eight position in the West. It's the West. It's been repeated so many times. You can't daisy walk through the West. No, nope, you, you can't. And then on top of that, too, <clears throat> you're reading reports right now that Luke Walton is going to be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And I think he already is. <laughs> yeah, I know he is. Six no, in he a row. Is. No playoffs. Six in a row. <clears throat> six it's, years. It's, you know, it, it's not looking good when you have head coaches like Mike D'Antoni get fired, you know, Byron Scott get fired, uh, you know, who else am I missing out, out of here from this? Uh, am I missing anybody else as far as in- interim coaches? Not really, right? Not really, no. You know, Luke Walton, you know, it's his second year, third year, excuse third year, me. Yeah. You know, it's not... Free agents don't want to go there. They want to have a consistent coach. Where I think the Lakers went wrong, guys, is I think the Lakers went wrong where I think we all knew last year around this time, even though LeBron wasn't there yet, I think we all kind of could have connected the dots that LeBron is going there Mm -hmm. because of what you just said. The music, the movies, the fame, the fashion. Wants to be the first billionaire athlete. First billionaire. There you go. So the only place to do that is where? In New York and L.A. He's never coming here. So never. He went to, never. 
in L.A. Right. <laughs> so that was number one. But number two, Will, um, Will and I was listening to it uh, uh, this afternoon, Will, the Lakers should have put the full court press on Paul George. Hmm. When LeBron got hurt, who would have been next in line, Will? Paul George with the same cast. Because they would have signed Paul George using cap space. They would have still had Kuzma, mm-hmm. Lonzo, mm-hmm. Ingram, Hart, Rondo, blah, 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 blah. But they went full court press for LeBron, obviously. And you, it's almost like he kind of just ignored Paul um, George to the point where he said, I don't even want to come to even talk with you, with you, um, the dudes. Do you blame him, though? Do you blame him? I, I don't. I don't because if they were to win, LeBron's going to get out of the yay we won. If the Lakers lose, who's going to get blamed? Not LeBron. It's going to be Paul George. Right. The Oh, well, the core is too young, yada, yada, yada. So, well, I think that's where they uh, they went wrong first. The second thing I think where they went wrong is I'm sure LeBron James knew he wanted Anthony Davis or this player or that player way before this recent month of them like wanting trades. And, and stuff like that. Brian Will, I would have made these trades in the off season. I think they tried to piece it together with exactly what you just said. Let's do what we do. I mean, let's do here what he did over there. Let's get these, you know, one-year deals for uh, Lance Stevenson and Terry Scarborough Pope and, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, McGee, blah, 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 blah. And let's and because it worked in the East, well, it has to work here. And Brian, uh, to your point, the worst team in the West, it's probably a playoff team in the East. Like that's how yeah. poor yep. Yep. the Eastern uh, conferences. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns probably have thirty wins now if they're in the, the East. Like that's how bad the Eastern conferences. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's where they went wrong. They did not put the proper roster around LeBron. They just thought that he can uplift those younger dudes slash will bring in veterans and it'll work here as it did in uh, Cleveland and obviously Magic and Rob were really, really wrong. You know, and you also, too, you look at the stats, the Lakers aren't even in the top 12 in rebounding. You know, rebounding is one of the main pieces in order to win a championship. You know, even you look at LeBron right now with the with the money he's commanding over the next four years, thirty five million dollars per for the next three to four years. And it's he turned thirty five this year. It's <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, the only reason why he signed there was just for money. That's it. He doesn't care about basketball anymore at this point. He doesn't. I think he has to. I think he has he, to. He, he's LeBron James. I think I mean, he does. Matter. But I think no. to Brian's point, when LeBron wakes up, basketball is like number three on his mind. But it's on his mind. He's like, let me make sure that this film is going well. Let me make sure that this music production is going well. Which is oh, why yeah, it, I got practice. <laughs> like I think that's how his brain works now. It's he's he knows that he's gonna be the next billionaire athlete. He knows. But so. prove that maybe that, you know, to Brian's point, well, LeBron has never been hurt. Now he gets hurt on this. Well, I've seen LeBron take worse slips, take worse falls, and not get hurt. Yeah. Well, I've seen LeBron come down and his ankle turn all the way around. Mm-hmm. And he got up and walked like, 
Nothing. It, it, it was like it was, it was like fun. Maybe yeah. because he's so like he's doing other things. The training that he used to do isn't up there now. Mm-hmm. And well, that goes to prove your um, point. Don't come here if basketball is not going to be your number one thing. We have 17, 18 trophies here. Right. If you're not going to get us to 19, 20, 21, 22, yep. Yankees-esque, don't even waste your time coming come here. But, well, it also goes to show, remember when um, uh, Kevin Durant made that whole comment about LeBron James' teams being uh, toxic? Yeah. I s- Kevin Durant kind of looks right now, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because everything around him is just... Maybe that's the wrong choice of word, but it's definitely a lot of controversial things going on there. Yeah, so, you know, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with the Lakers, but it's not looking like they're going to make it to the uh, to the big dance come April. So, And that's a shame. It that's is. It's really a shame. Brian, uh, let me get you to uh, take um, on on this. Um, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks. nobody expected them to be number one in the East. What's your take on the Greek Freak? And those boys. MVP candidate. I mean, for sure, everyone's been saying it. It must be true. Um, he's so consistent. I mean, if you have the ability to put up 20, 10, 8 every game, you know, around <laughs> that, actually, I think it's near what he's averaging. I mean, I think like 27, 9. Oh, yeah, it's probably higher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and no, triple doubles, no, you know, it's nothing for him at this point. And, right. and just the general support he's been giving the team in every area, I mean, it's nuts, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And 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 um, you know, well, another team that I want to touch on uh, quickly, well, Toronto. They took um, a loss last night to uh, James Harden, Houston. Um, last night, um, I think Toronto's gonna be fine, but Houston and Sud is the team that I want to uh, speak on because I think Harden is in the MVP lead because I look at it and. I, and guys, I think the word that we forget in MVP is valuable. Valuable. You take Harden off Houston, Houston is terrible. I don't know about that. I think I mean in the West, the only Houston re- is terrible. The- they have no scoring if you take him off the team. I Look, think, but yeah, again, I think the only problem with that is like James Harden is the best scorer in the league, bar none. Right. Bar none. Obviously, he's willing his team to victories. But in of this, the Rockets are unsustainable. They, we saw how they played without Chris Paul, and I don't see them going very far. Maybe, you know, potentially getting knocked out in the first round even. I just they don't could. think it's not they sustainable could. team basketball. Kenneth Freed's a good addition, but I just don't know. Team basketball, and that proves my point. Team basketball they're not as good as they were last year winning, what, 61 games, 62 games. But I look at that word valuable, and I think he's more valuable to Houston than the Greek freak is to the Bucks, than Paul George is to OKC, than LeBron is to – whoever you want to throw out as a MVP candidate, well, I look at that word and I say, take Harden off that team, Will. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. My thing is with with Harden, the guy, he is the offense for for that team. He's a team. Okay. <laughs> if you were to take off the Greek freak, guess what? You have Mike Boonehose who's still coaching that team. But you still got Bledsoe. 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 Bledsoe's been Brooke really. Lopez. 
but it's, Tony Snow. But it's just a, a a mixture and a fit of all these players that have that have you know been been around the league. Brooke Lopez has been around the league Correct. now with the Lakers, and he was with the Nets for a while. He was their number one scoring option for for a while. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is a lockdown defender at the point guard position. Correct. He is. And then you look at uh, James Harden over with the uh, with the uh, Houston Rockets. You can't mention James Harden scoring without Mike D'Antoni and his style of offense. You can't. I mentioned this on the show prior. So, Will thinks Harden is a product of D'Antoni's system. I think he Part, is. Partially, for sure. I mean, And it, I think that's the perfect word, partially. Will, we've seen – we haven't – we haven't seen this scoring, like, like the like like the pace he's been on. Well, mm-hmm. like we haven't seen it in the history of the league. Right. However, well, mm-hmm. is it the system or is it because he has to? And I think it's more of he has to. Well, I don't think Dan Tony told him to take two. Hop steps back and shoot a three. I don't think that's part of his, his old that's his on system. The, that's on the rush. You're not calling that a travel. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a travel, a backwards travel or whatever. Yeah. But, Will, I think his point production is a matter of him knowing that he has to, opposed to D'Antoni putting him in the system to do so. Me and you are clearly going to feel differently about it, but. Well, you look at. You look at what he has done when he's been with the Rockets so far. Seven years, he's been an all-star. You know, he's averaging 37.5 minutes a game. And his field goal rate is 24.7. So he's averaging just about 25 shots per game. Now, with that being said, you know, with the 36.7 points per game, you know, it doesn't... It's not sustainable, I feel like, like you said, Brian. But also, too, you got to get other guys involved because once the postseason comes around, this individualism, hero basketball, isn't going to work out. You got to get others involved. Agreed. You have to. Agreed. And then with D'Antoni, look at when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles in 2013, in the 2012 2013 season. He was putting up crazy numbers. And he had, keep in mind, he had Pau Gasol, he had Steve Nash, and he had Dwight Howard on that team. And what happened? He gets hurt. They wound up finishing as a seventh seed anyway, and they lost to San Antonio by getting swept. But still, before he got hurt, he was putting up crazy numbers. And that's because that was D'Antoni's style of offense. It was. Well, I'm not going to use one. I mean... I get what you're saying, but I think in this case, because we've seen Steve Nash win two MVPs under him too. So obviously, Dan Tony's system works and, you know, it gets guys scoring and doing all type of stuff. But I think specifically this season, not Harden for his whole life, this season, I think his production is more, well, Paul has been hurt like he always is. Capella got hurt, and they and they didn't bring back the same team this year as they did. Right, a lot of shooting left that team, and a lot of defense left too. Right, but from the scoring standpoint, will if you're not a good shooting team, 
this year opposed to the previous year, Will, you're, well, the best player on the team, right, is naturally going to take a more aggressive approach to having or wanting to score more. So I think that's the case. I think it's more of him knowing that he has to opposed to Dan uh, um, um, uh, to Tony. But, Will, I, I think it's one uh, – but I think it's one of those things where neither one of us is wrong. Like both of us, like have um, um, have a point. But I do. But I do think that at the end of the day, that Greek Freak is going to win the uh, he should MVP. Because he should. He's the best player on the best team. Yeah. And a lot of times, that's where people put their vote. Who's the best team? Okay. Who? Who's the best player? Next. Yeah. So I mean, look at just to add one more point here. Yeah. You look at the 2005-2006 season, right, when Kobe was going off for the crazy scoring numbers that he that he had, including the 81-point game against Toronto. Everybody wanted to see him win the MVP. Everybody wanted to see him win the MVP. Who won it that year? Steve, Steve Nash. Nash yeah. So I'm just saying. No, I'm right. just throwing that out there. You're right. Well, any final thoughts on hockey or basketball? Um... You know, not really. Um, outside of you know, the Islanders, they got to keep on doing what they got to do. Um, you know, and what's the deal with this Toronto, Toronto coddling John Tavares by <laughs> cheering him back after he got booed out of Nassau that Coliseum? Crazy. That was that pretty was embarrassing. Funny. That was funny. <laughs> but whatever. That that's just me. You're paying a guy eleven million dollars <laughs> to you know to to come win a Stanley Cup again. That hasn't happened in 50 years, you know, since man walked on the moon. And yet, you know, you, you're cheering the guy. I, It's still a Tavares-like season. He's still putting up Tavares numbers. But the team was going to be known to be in first place anyway. Very, very true. You know, so just saying, just throwing that out there. We'll see what happens over the next few games with the with my Nets and the and Islanders. Brian, anything else you want to talk about? Basketball-wise? Basketball-wise? Uh, last thing I would comment on the on the whole Harden situation yeah. and just the Rockets is I think the Rockets, the system they really figured out was that of efficiency. They realized it was like the Kobe, Kobe was the last of a dying breed. That long-range jumper is, is not a smart move in today's NBA. Right. You're better off getting in the paint or just shooting a three-pointer. Right. Which is obviously, <laughs> it's all we've seen in the past couple of years. Yeah. And basketball might be a little less interesting for it. But uh, if James Harden is chucking up, and I will say chucking up, 15 threes a game, some games he's making three of those. Yeah, that's Yawn. I mean, <laughs> Yawn. Yawn. Yeah. You know. You know, and... Same thing with Stephen Curry, too. Same I was just about to say that. My final point is... Well, two, three seasons ago, Mark uh, Jackson, Steph Curry's former coach, he made a point. He said Steph Curry is ruining basketball with these 35-footer footer threes and these 30-foot threes. And he got some controversy for it. And Steph Curry said, oh, he's talking, blah, blah, blah. Steph Curry's teammate, Draymond Green, over the All-Star break, went to a high school basketball game and said he sees what Mark Jackson is talking about. Draymond Green said some of these high school kids were taking shots they had no business sh- uh, to take it well. He said you had the center taking 30-foot shots in high school. It's the center product, it's in a, high school. It's a product of what you see out there in the league. DeMarcus Cousins is taking 30-footers. He's <laughs> yeah. not making them Right. Brooke Lopez, too. Yeah. Same, same thing, you know. But, but, I feel like, but I feel like Steph has everybody thinking that they could just shoot. 
And Steph Curry is once in a lifetime is shooting wise. Same thing. But Clay's not too far. Same thing with Michael Jordan. Guys emulated Michael Jordan in the nineties growing up. Allen Iverson in the early 2000s, people wanted to do the crossover and everything like that. Now you're getting to see it. Now you're getting to see this whole ridiculous notion of trying to go one on five and shooting 30-foot shots. It doesn't work. You need to have good coaching involved, and you got to have guys that ultimately can pick their spots and, and play well and get the team and get their teammates involved. That's the way how basketball works. Ben Simmons. Right, and this is to prove the both of your point. Do you guys know who has given up as a team? Who has given up the most threes in the NBA? The Which team has given up the most threes? Golden State Warriors. No, the Houston Rockets. No, boy, uh, West, East, or West? East, East. Mm. This team has given up the most threes in the NBA as a team. I'm stumped. I don't know. Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Do you guys know which team has made? The least amount of threes in the East. 76ers. The Milwaukee Bucks. Close. The Milwaukee Bucks. And which team is in first place in the NBA? The Milwaukee the Bucks. Milwaukee Fundamental Bucks. basketball. Fundamental basketball. So we're getting back. It Mike, comes down to it at the end of the day. That's Mike Budenhoser. They've given up the most. They've made the most in the East. And they have 40, 49 wins. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, for this edition. Brian, thank you, man. Oh, thank you for, for coming yeah. on the show. Man. Thanks for having Brian, me. Coming on, helping us out with some NBA talk for Brian and for my main man, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C. I am Sean T. for On The Board Sports. Can't forget about Matt Peters, too. Shout out to Matt Peters. Shout out to Matt Peters and everybody at Gotham Podcast Studios. Thank you for the save, Will. What are are our partners for, Will? Exactly, right? partners for? Awesome and Capital Live from Gotham Podcast Studio. Will, Brian, Matt Thank you, guys. On the board sports, signing up.